0: A lot of human things happening today in the scriptures. The first thing Jesus' response is a sigh. Those of you who are of Italian origin would appreciate under his breath he probably said manage, which is a kind of phrase I don't know how to translate it, but it means that Maron well Marone is Mary, but manage, you know, like ah, again. And Jesus Side. why do you want a sign? All the things he's done is not enough. They want another sign. It's like magic. Do another one. Do it again. Do it again. The other day in confession, it's funny. Um, I'm not disclosing anybody's confession. But a person was talking about a devotion she had in a scapular. Okay, now we know what the scapulars are, dedicated to Our Lady of Mount Carmel. There's others dedicated to the Immaculate Heart of Mary, the green one, the brown one, and I think even white. They're not magic, but people like magic. Now, all around us, you have signs in art of God's presence the windows, the crucifix, the processional cross. We have signs around us in church of our faith, go outside oh, well, in our church, in our gardens. You have, that, that continues because you have a beautiful collection of sculpture out there. But go outside, go home, go to the mall, go to shopping. Where are the signs of God? They're everywhere. But we have to have eyes to see them. Let's go to the, to the Old Testament first, and then we'll come back to the signs. My grandmother used to say, Jalizia manjiloki. Jealousy eats people's eyes out. And that's what happened with Cain and Abel. Now, again, remember last week we spoke about the, the origins of Genesis. Probably a, a patriarch or matriarch is telling the children how they, they thought the world came to be. And one of the stories was creation, the origin of the water and the sky and all that. And then finally God comes to making people, man and woman, Eva and, and Adam, so, to continue the story, uh, makes sense. If you have a man and woman and the only people on earth you need to populate the earth, they had intercourse and she was able, even, was able to have a child. And then another child, another child after that. But one of the children is Cain and the, the, the scriptures label him, I, I don't know what the translation would be in, in English. It's called crest, crestfallen. Um, dejected, depressed jealousy. What happened was, Adam has two kids, and one of them is Cain, one of them is Abel. Uh, And there's something about Abel that's sort of simple and honest. He gets what he does for a living and offers it as a sacrifice to God. And he takes the best of what he made and offers it to God. Cain takes some of the things he has now, we're talking about fruit and, and activities. But forget those traditional offerings, because we don't use them anymore. Um, think of what we offer to God. Lent is just a few weeks away. Think of what we offer to God. Think of the the the, the person who uses things of the church, sacramentals, as if they're sacraments, as if they're really authentic presence of God misplaced faith so Abel offers the best of what he has to God and that's how we're going to achieve greatness offer the best of what you have uh before mass father was exercising his his tendons okay and this is an exercise he does every day and I was telling him I recently started physical therapy and my exercises are very similar do I like to do them? No, they're annoying and and they take time. And I was even telling some people last night. I time myself because I don't want to give too much time to exercise. But the more I exercise, the better I feel. With it, no game, no sweat, no gain. What's that phrase? Uh, no pain, no gain. Okay. Well, that was going on in the Old Testament too. See, people people haven't changed much. We changed the vocabulary, but we haven't changed much. So Abel gives what he has to God and sacrificed more because he gave the best of what he had. Cain, not so much. He offered a few things. He was like the lazy Louis who didn't do all the exercises and he offers, you know, what's left over to God of his crops. God smiles at Abel. God doesn't frown, smile at Cain. He frowns at him. God blesses Abel. Now, God blesses Cain, too, but he doesn't get it because he wants that blessing, the blessing his brother has. Now, we're talking about Cain and Abel, but you know I'm talking about us. He looks over. Oh, God likes his offering better than mine. And he gets his revenge. Again, my mother, grandmother, Joluzi Manjiloki, Jealousy eats people's eyes out. So he says to Abel, and you heard it, it's written here in Genesis, let's go out into the farm. And when he's in the farm, he kills his brother, Abel. And the great, I think one of the most beautiful lines in scripture, um, am I my, where's your brother? Am I my brother's keeper? Cain says to God. God responds with something deeper. I heard the sound of your brother's blood crying out to me from the earth. It applies to Cain and Abel, and you know why, because of the blood of, of Abel. But think of how that applies to us today, to the world today. You don't think useless blood in war and anger and hate cries out to God? When our blood metaphorically falls into the earth, God is there with us, sympathizing. That's why in our prayer of the faithful, we pray for Ukraine. We we pray for for different parts of the world where people are suffering. We pray for the people of Turkey going through the the earthquake. Because the blood of our brothers and sisters is falling and God feels that in, in poetic and metaphoric words. So God hears the sound of blood falling. Now, he hears all of you, all of us, when we pray, whether we pray a little bit or we pray a lot. Whether people that you don't like pray, and and people you don't like do pray, by the way. People that are our, quote, enemies, they do pray in some way. I don't know, I can't speak every one of them. So they go up to God. The prayers go to God, and he hears them from the depths of their and our hearts. And now we go to Jesus, and the Pharisees are saying, we want a sign. God says, the signs are all around you. And he sighs, ah, menager, the more signs you want. The signs are ours from the first book of Genesis to today. God's presence in our lives. God's presence in our lives when we're called to be generous, when we're called to forgive, when we're called to catch ourselves if we're giving them alok. You to the eye of somebody because we're jealous of what they have. God is with us. And you know the sign. It's right there behind me on, on the wall. The greatest sign. And that wasn't pleasant. Him dying on the cross and staying on the cross, suffering, bleeding, For three hours was not pleasant. But yet, it was a sign that worked. God reaches into our human psyche and pulls out the good and sees the bad. And the bad, He's challenging us to go that extra mile, to do that extra exercise, to give a little more to the poor, to forgive those people who hurt your feelings more can enable it's within us god speaking to us to do good god calling the evil out of us and saying listen you've got to forgive your brothers and sisters you, you've got to reconcile you can't be jealous and you can't be critical of every tom dick and harry that goes down the block because you don't like the way they look or the color of their skin or the or their language no that's not your business God is a creator. That's what Genesis is all about. And we've been reflecting on Genesis for the last week or so. So each of us can hear the words of Jesus, you want more signs? And in our hearts, we can answer Jesus. We have enough signs. Help us to open our hearts and minds and eyes to see those signs of God's love and God's forgiveness and God's call to us to just be human with each other.